It's Tuesday the 4th of April. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shadwicker here, joined by Shane Lee. Good morning, Shano. How are you, Shad? Mate, I've got a quick question. I know you're about a week and a half into the Melbourne Comedy Festival, so I hope that's going well. Oh, look, but, I mean, numbers could be better if you're in Melbourne or if you know anyone there. Tell them to bloody get to my show. Get down to your show, but I always, I'm always inquisitive. Do you get many hecklers these days? Man, I don't know. I feel like hecklers are an over-exaggerated situation, I reckon. Okay. For the most part, I don't think – I've never really gotten many. I think the ones you tend to get are like people that think they're helping, which is cute, but you're not. Okay. But um, I, I like doing crowd work. Well, there you go, guys. If you're in Melbourne, get down and see Shad's show and abuse the fucking shit out of him. Okay. All right. He loves it. Within reason. <laughs> I don't want people coming down and, you know <laughs> – Coming at me hard, you bastard. <laughs> Just pay, if you pay for it, I'll tell you what, I need crowds yeah. that bad, actually. Yeah, fuck it. Just come. <laughs> Just come down. Abuse me for an hour. So long as I get your hard earned, I don't give a stuff. Oh, so good. What's on the show today, mate? Where we got? Mate, we got a bit to get into. AFL, NRL, of course. Big money news in the cricket that we'll get into up next as well. Huge move forward for the women's game. Hey, Stephen Ferris here, one half of Fire Up. I'm here with the great Chris Gale, the other half of Fire Up. And Stephen, we've had a lot of fun with rugby league over the years, but with the way the concussions and HIAs are going, I give the game about five years. It's looking dark and gloomy, Chris. So you may as well come and tune into the Fire Up podcast now and listen to the last days of rugby league. As we see the little stuff, it's a soap opera and you're going to love it. Find Fire Up on any podcast app. Well, Shane, let's kick things off talking money. Uh, look, it's been uh, actually been a pretty big couple of months for women's cricket. Obviously, the uh, women's IPL had a huge step forward in the amount of money that the uh, professional athletes or sportswomen could uh, earn in the sport. And now Cricket Australia has announced a big jump in pay. Uh, that can really push some of the average pay uh, for our women cricketers into the six-figure mark. In some cases, some of them could earn $1 million in the year if they manage to join a few of the seasons together. Yeah, it's big dollars now for the girls. Cricket Australia and the Australian Cricket Association signed off on a five-year uh, collective bargaining agreement on Monday night um, worth $634 million. So what does that mean? Well, it means for the women... Um, that Cricket Australia will increase the BBL salary by 50%. It's about $53 million injection into the women's game. That means women's payments will be up 66%. Um, so someone in the women's uh, BBL uh, could earn up to $420,000 a year. Wow. Um, and then when you couple that with the WIPL, yeah, you're making for some it of our top cricketers. Well, uh, well into the millions yeah. now. Yeah. So, and the, look, the men's increased by 7.5%. So... There's 24 Australian guys will be contracted now. Uh, they will be paid 951,000. This is a minimum 951,000 before match payments. It's big, wow, it's big dollars. I think the my biggest takeaway from this is um, looking at you know the biggest argument about parity in sport mm-hmm. for men and women has mm-hmm. always been the eyes on the game. Yep. Uh, so the commercial value of the sport. Obviously, the Australian women's cricket side is dominated. We've won every bit of silverware you could possibly win when it comes to the international game. Yep. Uh, which is great, and they've got eyes on the sport internationally. Mm-hmm. But domestically at home, cricket still ranks, I believe, third at best, at absolute best, when it comes to eyes on the sport domestically. For Cricket Australia to now bump up the pay by so much, if I was with the RLPA 
or mm-hmm. the equivalent in the AFL, I would be going back to the meeting table with my respective sports of the AFL and the NRL and mm-hmm. going, oi, we have more eyes on our sport. We're currently arguing a collective bargaining agreement with no season kickoff in the NRLW for this season. Yeah, yep. Uh, and their match payments were celebrated as, oh, we're going to be getting, you know, $30,000 a year. Well, after you see this go through with Cricket Australia, why wouldn't you be wandering into the NRL and AFL, which have the top two highest watched women's sports in the country? Mate, you make, you make perfect sense. And But this is what happened exactly in the men's game here. Don't forget that uh, it had to start with one of the codes being the leaders. And I'm talking now in terms of, of, of men's payments. Back mm-hmm. in 1995 with Cricket Australia, we signed our first collective bargaining agreement. And that meant that players could actually um, be secure and, and have a decent decent income. Um, and then other codes started to follow um, not long after that. So... Um, it's the same thing's happening with, with the women's game. And look, this is great. If, if we want to attract young, talented athletes, women, to the game of cricket, then we need to pay them well. And I'm glad to see that we're ahead of the curve there. Yeah, exactly, which is exciting. Uh, let's talk about the men's side of the cricket game as well. A $40 million truth about Pat Cummins has surfaced. Now, this is uh, an interesting one. Yeah, well, so this goes back to Pat Cummins voicing his concerns over the Alinta Energy um, sponsorship. In particular, the Alita Energy's parent company, Pioneer Sale Holdings, and them being a huge carbon emitter. Um, he was mm. quite, he quite concerned about this, and we should be aligning us, ourselves at Cricket Australia with, with sponsors that do the right thing for the environment. Now, they then pulled the, the pin, um, and Pat Cummins said, this is not directly due to me. Well, we don't know. But it's funny, you know, Pat, Pat Cummins' mother only passed away a few weeks ago and they sort of let this go for a while, but uh, obviously it's, it's back on the table now. Uh, gloves are off. And look, Cricket Australia will find another sponsor come June when this, mm. when this agreement ends. Um, and hopefully it'll be one that sort of aligns with not only Pat's uh, thoughts about the environment, but a lot of other people's as well. Yeah, you know what's interesting is watch how the reaction is to what Pat Cummins has said and the money this this money disappearing from Cricket Australia, mm. and have a look at what happened and how we treated our netballers. Yeah, yep. When they had a similar one, it's quite fascinating the reaction of public and media mm. to this kind of story because the netballers had their sport and their name completely dragged. Yep, yeah. Uh, whereas I feel like Pat Cummins is getting off quite lightly for this whole scenario that's taken place so it'll be interesting to see what the full reaction is as the year goes on but you're right cricket australia is not going to struggle no to get a sponsorship to fill that boots i don't think at all uh this is a, a an interesting one it's a serious problem however mm, yeah. there is a slight bit of humor to it i feel <laughs> paralympics saying that they are in crisis as international and australian athletes have been accused by governing bodies mm-hmm. of exaggerating their conditions in order to stay in certain classes of the sport. Now, this is very similar to a Johnny Knoxville movie called The Ringer many years ago <laughs> yeah. uh, that if you release today, and I implore you to go and look up the trailer mm-hmm. for that movie I did the other day, and oh my, you could definitely not say the things that happened in that. The storyline was, of course, Johnny Knoxville faking to be uh, disabled in order to compete in a Paralympic-esque type competition. Mm. Um, this is strange and fascinating that is happening at the moment, especially when we're looking at hosting a Paralympics in uh, in the next 15 years. Look, you'd hope this is not the case. Um, unfortunately, across 
not only the Paralympics but the Olympics and every other sport, there are people trying to rot the rules, <laughs> and that, that happens in, in, in every facet of sport. Um, and this is no exception. I'm sure. I'm sure it does happen. It's 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 a real shame it does. I've got, I've got a, a good mate's son, um, who's who's a um, a pararoo, plays soccer. Um, for our country and um and he loves it he's so passionate about it and um he's so proud of, of wearing that jersey and you'd hate to think that uh they're going to be tarnished by this negative press it's I just believe. such a shame that you know people are trying to game the system in such a poor way um another shame as well if we quickly touch on golf uh the treatment of a three-time masters champion gary player at augusta national has been uh brought to the, put under the spotlight yeah well he's um he, he won the 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 Masters three times, 61, 74, and 78, 1978. Um, but only has an honorary membership. And that means he has to, if he wants to play there, he has to ring around and find another member. Wow. He's won the thing three times. And he said he came and have a practice round with his grandchildren. <laughs> and, and this, now, please, I'm not, I'm not putting myself on Gary Player's level, but I played cricket for New South Wales for 11 years. I captained the state. I was the 100th captain of the state. I played for Australia for over seven or eight years, many games at the SCG, beating England there, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even have a membership. So I used to get an honor- honorary one, and even when I retired and Brett was still playing, I'd have to ring up and ask for a ticket to go and watch my brother, even though I'd played there for so long. Really? Bullshit. It's bullshit, yeah. yeah that's crazy. And I think you <laughs> might not be allowed at some of the cricket for some of your behaviour rather than... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Those big beer snakes, they got, they got the shit to that after a while. <laughs> hey, I want to touch on this story because I reckon this is this is awesome. A few interesting... Mm-hmm. I know we talk sport and someone listening will be like, it's not real sport, right? It's like, all right, shut up. The WWE... Yeah had WrestleMania as one of the biggest spectacles that can happen mm-hmm. in the sporting and entertainment world. Uh, they know how to put on a show. WrestleMania 39 was over two days. They had over 100,000 people. I think it was 116,000 people at SoFi Stadium, which is the home field for the uh, Chargers and the Rams who would have struggled to get those kind of good numbers throughout the year with the way they were playing. Uh, but two Aussies, and this is the mm. first time this has ever happened, uh, that we've had an Australian... Uh, top champion, but we had two over the course of the weekend. Australian Rhea Ripley won the Women's Championship, SmackDown mm-hmm. Women's Championship, and another Aussie in the NXT division also won a Women's Championship. Aussies killing it, even in the WWE. Well, yeah, Rhea Ripley defeating Charlotte Flair um, in front of 80,000 fans. Unbelievable. This Rhea Ripley, have you seen a picture of her? Oh, man, she's jacked. She is a unit. Yeah, she's been on a huge growth too within the uh, within the WWE, which is quite exciting. Indy Hartwell was the other one as well, uh, winning the NXT Championship. Mm. Uh, two Aussies uh, on top of their game in the, uh, in the world yep. of WWE. One last thing on WWE, though. It's been announced in the last 24 hours that the parent company Endeavor from the UFC... Mm-hmm. Uh, looks to have um, finalised their deal to be uh, taking over the WWE. Wow. So the UFC and the WWE are now teaming up. A few people have been reacting to it, like Conor McGregor. Uh, yeah. Also, even Jake Paul saying it was one of the great decisions done by the UFC, which is interesting because of his mixed relationship with the UFC. Mm. He reckons it's going to be a great move forward for... Uh, better pay for fighters. And I've got to say, I reckon it would be. Because if you look at things like WrestleMania, there's one thing you can't deny from the WWE. They know how to put on a show. 
The production value is phenomenal. Now, after going to the UFC, anyone who's been knows that the UFC does an amazing job. But imagine the kind of leap forward that they might get now that uh, they've got this kind of association with one of the great live events companies in the world. Well, imagine what WrestleMania could do with an event that's actually real. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> this is what I mean. Will we maybe see right. a... Because we've got International Fight Week coming up for the UFC. They're kind of treating that as this really big kind of multiple fight event. I wonder mm. if now that the WWE it has a little bit of... Uh, they have some access to some pretty good live event talent. Yeah, yeah, it's going it's to be good, mate. Watch your space. I love it. Hey, uh, stick with us. Coming up after a short break, we're going to talk AFL and NRL, of course. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. All right, let's talk AFL. How about your Swans at the moment? A tribute to... I love when fans get a good shout-out from their teams, especially ones that have you know been there for quite some time or have really showed themselves to be the number ones. And the Swans have uh, done a great touching tribute to one of their late fans. Jesus, Swans, they're such a good football club, a great culture amongst the guys. And, and to do this, um, they paid tribute to a long-term fan, Kenny Williams, and his wife, Yvonne, um, and they announced on his what would have been his 94th birthday, he passed away last year at 93, um, they named two seats in their honour um, that sit pretty much at the All Swans matches. Um, and he used to lead the team songs, did for many years, was really part of that, um, that Swans sort of fraternity and uh, would get in there in the change rooms and um, you had some great comments by Jude Bolton and, and Brett Kirk saying, you know, he, he, he bled... Uh, red and white and, and, and a beautiful touch for, for the Swans it's, um, he's a blood for life now yeah that's unreal mm. stuff by the Swans let's turn now our attention to the table and it'd be quite a shock oh. quite a shock if you said this was going to be the case last year people would say you were absolutely mm. mad yep. Geelong are now after the weekend the only team remaining that is yet to win a game this season are we seeing a collapse of the old men of Geelong? Well, there's been talk, and they defied it last year, that this was an ageing mm. um, uh, staff, and the players were, were sort of getting to pass their best, and they proved everyone wrong last year. They totally smashed the Swans in the grand final. But you're seeing this year, yeah, they, they are past their best. And, and they're looking now at some of the comments. Um, Jeremy Cameron, one of their players, went on a podcast. And he was talking about the horrible first steps back to pre-season. He said his skin folds were over 120. Or he could, he could still smell beer on his breath. <laughs> he thought about getting Maccas <laughs> and, and bacon and eggs. I don't see what's wrong with this. But um, he's, uh, yeah, they're, they're saying that maybe they celebrate a little bit too hard, potentially. I wonder what odds that the Cats would be now to come back and actually make the grand final. It's a long way back. It's a big call. They'd have to do a lot a lot well. But they've still got some very, very good footballers in that group. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's it's Well, this is the classic thing that you learn when you get into your 30s, kids. <laughs> it's hard to bounce back from the benders. Right. You know? I think that might be what's going on with Geelong. <laughs> 
It's really hard to lose those extra kegs once you're over that 3-0, well, what, what we used to do in Creed, you start losing, and you just get back on the piss again. You just try and turn around that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel like I feel like cricket and AFL is a bit different, mate. Cricket's just glorified tradies out there watching roadworks. <laughs> Love it. Let's look at NRL quickly. Uh, look, hip drops have been probably the big story of the weekend. Uh, three players facing vans, including Dale Finucane, who's going to could potentially be on the sidelines for quite some time after the hip drop mm. in the Warriors game. Yeah. Uh, I feel like some some of them, one of them um, in the Warriors game by Nakoro was a little bit like, well, what's he supposed to do, diving for yeah, a right. gigantic yeah. guy like Talakai? Yeah from behind I mean that seemed like a little bit of a harsh one I'm sure he's probably going to try and argue otherwise for that but it's a tough one this rule is a tough one isn't it it's a real tough one look there's no doubt that the hip drop when it's done I won't say properly but when it's done uh, effectively it can cause catastrophic lower leg injuries there's no doubt about that Mm. but how do you monitor it it's so grey well, and it's so hard to see if it's an intentional right. move because you you kind of slide down a player as mm-hmm. they're moving. It's real. It's a real hard one that the NRL is going to have to wrap their head around. But I think this is one of those ones that I think throughout the year. Uh, I mean, we saw the punishment for the hip drop develop over the course of a mm-hmm. year. I wonder if we'll see some of it wind back this year, purely because I think you know you lose three players this mm-hmm. week. You could realistically see a couple of rounds in a row where you could probably have thirteen players. Yeah, this, a starting this, this side. This is what they do. They, they did this with, con- with concussion. The they, just, they decide to clamp down, and it'll be like, yeah, you're dead right. There'll be, there'll be seven or eight out next week. Uh, I've, I've got mixed minds about what's going on with the Latrell saga and the fan that yelled uh, racial abuse at him. It's now been revealed, and I, I know this was mentioned a few days ago. The NRL was thinking about doing this. But apparently now it's going to happen where they want to get Luttrell to visit the teen who allegedly abused him. Souths have come out and said that they're against this idea. I'm 100% against this idea. So am I. I think that why are we we rewarding the behaviour of this guy when there's a bunch of kids out there that wait until the very end of the game after cheering on their favourite player... Uh, do nothing wrong and are lucky to even get their hat signed or a selfie taken with their favourite player. Uh, what really should happen, and I know he's only a teenager, but he should be banned from going to any live games for quite a long period of time. 100% he should be. Um, he should not be meeting Latrell, and look, he should not be meeting during the season anyway. South, he's got he's got a train. He's got, he's got a 150th do, right? game on this weekend. I'm pretty sure Latrell would rather focus on that. That's right, mate. I think it's ridiculous for the NRL or anyone to even float the idea that people that abuse our players should be allowed to meet them for educational purposes. And I hope South's really clamp down and say no chance. Yeah, I hope Latrell does too. So I think it's ridiculous. But a positive note before we end. Yes. Is this still your team? Up the bloody wires, mate. Up the wires. Are Jeez, the Warriors, you're off those dolphins quick, weren't you? Mate, are the Warriors <laughs> on, going mate. to be a top four team this year? <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's the best start to the season yet. Um, four out of five. Um, and under new coach Andrew Webster, he's got a real belief amongst these guys. Mate, um, I'm, they're playing with freedom. Jeez, they were good against the Sharks. They're playing such good footy at the moment. I've got yep. to say, it's really starting to look like because people were kind of looking at Webster go to the Warriors and Serraldo go to Bulldogs and people were like, well, the Warriors got the second best assistant mm. coach out mm. of Panthers. Yep. Well, you could argue that the Bulldogs have a better team on paper and you said that they had the better coach and they are not yep. doing as well as the Warriors. Get me into finals footy, Warriors. Mm. It's been a long time.
<laughs> See you, Dolphins. I will just say quietly, I still think Dolphins are going to make the eight. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon's Four for today. Make sure you hit follow, subscribe wherever you listen. And before we go, a big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, Elite Bet, the only betting app you'll ever need. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with your daily doses. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.